Now, Del Monte Foods brings you a world of adventure with Rocky Jordan. Call it a fixation, the way a lonely American in a city like Cairo haunts the railroad station or the airport just to feel he's a little closer to home. This time I was at the Nile docks. It's always a great show, the pageantry, gay colors, honking taxis swarming the curb of the Nile Drive. Ten dragomen and a dozen beggars for every tourist. But it seemed like a picture that I wasn't a part of, until suddenly a girl ran out of the crowd toward me. Darling! Oh, darling, it's been so long. She was blonde, American, and beautiful, but her eyes were sheer panic as she threw her arms around my neck and the kiss was square in my lips. I knew you'd be here to meet me, darling. Have another look, lady. You might have the wrong man. No, wait. Hold me for just a moment. Hmm, it's a pleasure, but what happens when the right fellow shows up? Please, just hold. So I did. Her arms clung tightly to me, her head hidden on my shoulder. My eyes scouted the people around us. Then I saw Captain Sam Sabaya with a couple of his men standing on the curb, watching the crowd come down the gangplank of the steamer. Then, as fast as she'd come, the arm slipped from my neck and the strange girl was gone, swallowed up in the crowd. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Yes, Del Monte, the best-liked brand of canned fruits and vegetables in the whole wide world. Takes you now to the Cafe Tambourine in Cairo, gateway to the ancient east, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story, Cairo Tour. wasn't something I could complain about. Where she is. Come in off the Avenue of the Americas, mister. Behind these dirty shop windows, there are bargains. Edward Bishop work here? He did till he killed himself a woman, ran up a parking ticket. You know all that for sure. I know Eddie. He works for me. The pitchman to end all pitchmen. The spiel that kills. That's uh, Eddie Bishop. He talking to buying something you don't like, mister? You said he killed her. Why? You're a cop, aren't you? Come inside. I'll brew you something warm. It gets cold for everybody on the avenue. No, well, uh, leave the door open. A looker might want to come in to browse. That's how it is in the world. Lookers, browsers, handlers. Then walk out. Just like my Eddie. You want a sip of the warm brew? Why did you say he killed her? in Eddie to do a thing like that. It's what's about him that fascinates a girl. That and the clever way he handles an auctioneer's hammer. I could show you a three-time bruise. Three times in your soul on a man like Eddie. You read in the papers a woman is found dead in Bishop's car and that makes you know he's a murderer. That and the way he spoke my name sometimes after we closed up the shop. Zoe, he'd say to me. 
Zoe killed a long day for me. You don't argue with a man like Eddie when he talks like that. You knew Mrs. Compton? When the summer began to fade, Eddie started talking to me about her. How she looked when she walked in one day to bid on an object of art. Then how she looked over a cocktail at a corner bar. And then how it was with the lights of Coney on her face and in Eddie's car on the long way to New Rochelle. All this my auctioneer told me. That's how I know the dead Mrs. Compton. I'm glad for her. You never saw her with him? It was last night. I watched from behind the counter. I saw her shove her wrist at Eddie. Eddie put a bracelet on it, one he'd bought from stock. I thought it was for me. Right in front of me, he did it. If it was like that for them, why would he kill her? Who knows? Maybe she rubbed him the wrong way. Maybe she asked him for it. Eddie was a man to oblige a lady. All right. Thank you. Uh, do something for me, mister. What? You find Eddie Bishop, give him my message. Tell him I want an invite to his execution. It's been a dull season. Danny, over here in the squad car. You got something, Mugovan? Well, maybe, maybe not. Guy was found dead in the building excavation over on 3rd. Nobody wants to touch him. Yeah, let's go. Uh, drive down the ramp, Mugovan. Yeah. This sidewalk superintendent's really got something to stare at now. Hey, what happened, mister? Him. Him and a scoop happened. Half hour ago, I decided to scratch this ground. First scoop full of shovel come up with was him. Hey, let's get it down, huh? Sure. Okay. Yeah, real good. I'll take a look, huh? Shot, Danny. Now, here's a wallet. Uh, look at this. Check for $200 signed by Leo Compton. Uh-huh. Pay to the order of Edward Bishop. Edward Bishop? He's the man we figured murdered Anna Compton. Yeah, the man we figured murdered Anna Compton. What? What'd you say, Danny? Nothing. I didn't say anything at all. You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. Singers Alan Dale and Sarah Vaughn will be Steve Allen's guests on Songs for Sale just a little later tonight. Once again, Steve will be playing host to four amateur songwriters and their unpublished songs, one of which will be chosen for nationwide hearing. For merriment and melody, hear Songs for Sale later tonight on most of these same CBS radio stations. <laughs> September morn dips a dainty toe into a Broadway billboard and unshivering gazes down upon a street that only yesterday was choked with summer. But the refuse is there, where summer has passed and left pieces of itself. 
in the scratch and warp of summertime blues still screeching out of the loudspeakers. The sunny mannequins, wax slightly melted, waiting in shop windows to be replaced by the fall and winter models. The faint odors of the sun-warmed perfume, the souvenir of the golden girl who walked right past you, turned a corner, vanished into a place where summer never dies. A place not open to you, kid. Only autumn's ahead of you, kid. Start using it. It's already given you two murders. A woman in the front seat of a car. A man scooped out of the earth on the teeth of a steam shovel. What more can you ask? September's showering her gifts on you, kid. Take them. They're all yours. We said goodbye. I didn't want to go over all that again. Well, the thought of a pretty American girl lost in Cairo wouldn't help my sleep, so I started out looking. My one lead was an American driving a black cab with white fenders. It turned out to be one of a small fleet operated around the native quarters. A beggar near the tambourine told me he'd seen such a cab turn toward the Muski sector. I drove my car that way and for an hour toured the dark, winding streets of the Muski. Another beggar's tip sent me down the Sharia Gutan, and finally I spotted a parked cab that looked familiar. I parked around the corner and walked carefully back, every step echoing against the overhanging walls. There was a man behind the wheel, and this time the cab's motor wasn't running. I moved up quietly on the driver's side. Sure enough, the driver was the same, the American. I, uh, want to talk to you, hear me? Come on, wake up, wake up. I pushed on his shoulder, and his body slumped hard across the wheel. The horn opened up, splitting the Cairo night like a keen-edged knife. But the driver didn't move. He never would again. Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Here now is Larry Thor. Here now is Larry Thor. And here's the perennial summer question. What's the tallest, coolest thirst quencher you can think of? And here is the perfect all-round answer, straight from the tropics. It's sparkling, refreshing Del Monte pineapple juice. All-around thirst quencher is right, Larry. For instance, I can't think of any other juice that goes so well with so many different foods. Well, that's because Del Monte pineapples are picked right when natural tartness and sweetness are in perfect balance. Exclusive Del Monte strains of pineapples, too. Talk about tempting refreshment. Take a sip of this richly satisfying flavor. Then go ahead and drink to your thirst's content. Del Monte pineapple juice is healthful. Its sweetness comes from natural fruit sugars, and it's a good source of vitamin C besides. When you come right down to it, Del Monte pineapple juice is really an ideal drink for the whole family, any time of day. Enjoy it soon, friends, and get acquainted with all those other delicious Del Monte juices, too. There's orange, grapefruit, orange and grapefruit blend, prune, and your old friend Del Monte tomato juice. Look for them at your grocer's tomorrow. Now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, Cairo Tour. I started a door-by-door check of the building with no luck till I hit the third floor. There was a crack of light under one of the doors. My first knock didn't get an answer, so I tried again. Who 
worth it. We can talk better oh, inside. No, no, please. I can't let you. Yeah. No kiss for me this time, Marsha. What's happened between us? Oh. Oh, it's you again. I don't understand. A lot of us don't, Marsha. You and I were real romantic down at the Nile, but when you saw me on my tambourine, you beat it. Why? Well, it was seeing you so soon again. I was embarrassed. I was so upset. I belong at the tambourine. I run the place. Rocky Jordan's in there. Oh, oh I see. Mr. Jordan. Hilda Cordwright got the idea. I should know why you took the run out. Why was it? You told Hilda somebody was trying to kill you. I'm sure of it. She wouldn't believe me, but I know somebody tried. And that sent you right into my arms, huh? We had just come off the boat this afternoon. I got separated from the party and was standing in the crowds at the curb, waiting for a taxi when someone tried to push me in front of a car. Could be mistaken. Oh, no, I'm certain. I twisted away and ran. And then I saw you standing there, an American. I took refuge with you for a moment. I was frantic. I'm so sorry. Uh, You don't have to be sorry about that. But uh, who in Cairo would want to kill you? Mr. Jordan, I don't know. There's no possible reason. Marsha, about a taxi driver, an American. I think he picked you up after you left the tambourine. How did you know about him? Just tell me who he is. I've never seen him before. But he saw that I was frightened. I told him somebody was trying to kill me. He's from Ohio, the same as I. So he, he just wanted to help, that's all. He found me this room where I could hide safely until I could decide what to do. What else do you know about him now? What do you mean, Mr. Jordan? You don't know that he's still in his taxi down on the street? That he's dead? Oh, no. But why? What does it mean? Somebody thought he was helping you too much, maybe. And just because he wanted to help me, he's dead. Mr. Jordan, what's going on? What is it? You sure you don't know? I swear I don't. But it proves I was right. Somebody did try to kill me. Well, the police will have to know about the driver. Yes, they will. You'll, uh... You'll have to tell them about my being here? Oh, not necessarily. I don't think you killed him. But whoever did might be the one who's trying for you. Just sit tight here till you hear from me. I made it to a payphone, and a call to headquarters brought Captain Sam Sabaya and his men. While they took care of the driver, Sam asked a lot of questions... Then a little later in his office at headquarters, where he kept looking through his files, he asked some more. Again, Jordan, about your strange encounter with Marsha Palmer at the Nile. It was shortly after the boat had docked the, this afternoon. I think so, Sam. Hilda Courtright, the leader of the tourist party, says Marsha had the idea somebody was trying to kill her. Yet Miss Courtright did not come to the police about Miss Palmer's disappearance. Miss Courtright didn't believe any of it. They want the police left out. Makes bad publicity back home. Uh, you Americans and your publicity... Now, Jordan, about the present whereabouts of Marshal Palmer... Look, about the cab driver, Sam. Did he have a police record? Was he involved in any crimes? No, not since coming to Cairo. Is that his file there, Sam? No, Jordan. This is a file on a woman. And before you could... I saw the man's picture in the paper mixed up on a murder, and then that he should all of a sudden Mr. come to me. Mrs. Come up was to me, of all yeah, people, and out of, out of the side of his mouth off of the Where did you get this bracelet, Mr. Scott? I told you, didn't I? Oh, I'm sorry. Would you mind telling me again? Uh, Go ahead, Mr. Scott. Please do. Well, here I was walking toward the subway entrance on 59th Street, and he come up to me. Who did? The man whose picture was in the paper about his wife's being slain, that's who. means Leo Compton. I mean Leo Compton. He plucked my sleeve. He offered to sell me this bracelet. 
He said he was making deliveries for a jewelry concern and the bracelet was left over and nobody seemed to know where it come from. Uh-huh. Uh, how much did you pay for it, Mr. Scott? Ridiculous price. He asked $5.60 for it and that's what I give him. You might as well know, too, that he kept turning his face for me, but I certainly recognized him. That's why I've come here. Uh, Mugovan, write Mr. Scott a voucher for five sixty, dollars And uh, thank you very much, Mr. Scott. <laughs> Call me in, Danny, and you ask me to step over into a department that's not strictly mine. And why don't you wait for the reports from technical? Huh? All I want is an opinion, Dr. Sinsky. Whose toes would you step on if you give me that? Gordon of technical. <laughs> All right, so he deserves a toe smashy once in a while. What do you want of me, Danny? You examined Mrs. Compton. The bullet wound, yeah. the, the type of wound where it was in her back, is it one that would bleed freely? Oh, yes, Danny, but... You know these things as well as I. Why do you I just you got these photographs. Uh-huh. Hey, look at them. The inside of the car where Mrs. Compton was found. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Sinsky? <laughs> you know as well as I do. Tell me anyway. I, I want to be sure. It is obvious that the loss of blood in the car was slight, which makes it to me apparent that the woman was not shot in the car but somewhere else and then put into the car and... Uh, I'm a doctor, Danny, not a... A detective? I didn't mean it to sound like that. Yeah, not... yeah, I know. Thanks for the opinion, Dr. Sinsky. It's all around in the backyard. Go through the gate. Well, I hope you appreciate me crating all this stuff for you. Why, it's you, Mr. Clover. Moving day, Mr. Compton? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. My wife's things. It's hard to live with. Them. I see. Giving them away, huh? Well, not exactly. Selling them? I saw an ad in the paper where they buy merchandise. Like... Well, yes, yes, I'm selling Anna's clothes. Why? How much are you getting for them? Why? I'm curious. Why? Five sixty for a bracelet worth two hundred. A man like you to do that strange. How do you know about the bracelet? The man you sold it to got scared. The bracelet was mine to sell. Why should he get scared? That's not the point, Mr. Compton. The point is why you should sell such a valuable bracelet for so little. You could have gotten more. I got what I wanted. Yeah, I guess you did. You broke even. Bishop gave your wife the bracelet, so legally it's yours. But you'd paid him for it. I told you that. You gave him the check so we'd find it on him. So your story of what happened the night of your wife's death would hold up. What's that? But with Bishop dead... The bracelet legally yours anyhow. Why should you be liable for the check? His estate would have the check cashed. Well, that's right, I did. I, I gave him a check for Stop it. Stop payment on it, too. That's right. Why should I spend money I don't have to? Sure. You see what I mean, don't you? Sure. You know, you're a funny man, Mr. Compton. Well, I guess people say that about me. I don't care. You're so careful with money, and you're an honest man. But you couldn't stand having that bracelet around. It was a symbol of what your wife did to you. So you sold it for the cost of your cab fare, even all round. That's how much you know. I lost plenty. I lost my wife. You're a funny man. I told you my wife had a boyfriend, and I was ready to forgive her. She walked out on me anyhow. Oh, she would have come back, don't you worry about it. You'd already killed her when you called Bishop. I killed... I told yeah, you that. Yeah, I know. I told you how it was. I said then that. Then when Bishop arrived, you killed him, too. Wrote out a check and stuck it in his pocket. 
Put your wife and Bishop in Bishop's cars. If she left with him. She did, I told... Oh, you didn't listen at all. I could call technical. They'd find blood in your house, no matter how hard you scrubbed. You don't understand anything. I worked hard all my life. I put my own price on things. My wife belonged to me. She was mine. And nobody gets her. Not for a $200 bracelet, they don't. What do you think I am, anyhow? Let's go, For a bracelet? What good is that? What did she need that for? As if it were something. I'm a hard worker. Things I own didn't come easy. What's going to happen to them now? Mr. Clover, you better get in touch with Mr. Mago. He'll know how to advise me. Well, he's just like a big brother to me. It's the journey to the end of all the other streets in the world, this Broadway. You turn a corner and you're there. Walk it slowly. Lean your heart against it. Shop for the kicks, the bargains, the heartbreak. Until it all explodes in your face. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent. The lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My beat. Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Dan... So it's you, Mr. Jordan. What are you doing here? Just paying my respects to your wife, Mr. Wade. How did you know? I didn't. You know, you'll have trouble getting rid of that. But not of you. The report of this gun will be heard all over the ship. And I'll get nothing but praise for killing an intruder. In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to conclude tonight's story. I've noticed most every woman has her own way of telling which are the best ears of corn on the market. But that's something you don't have to worry about when you buy Del Monte Golden Whole Kernel Corn. Can after can, kernel after plump golden kernel, it's the sweetest, tenderest corn you've ever tasted. And that's mighty nice for me, Larry, because Del Monte corn is so quick and easy. Not only that, but it's thrifty, too. Yes, one can of Del Monte vacuum-packed golden whole kernel corn serves four people and serves them wonderfully. You see, Del Monte raises remarkably good corn from strains developed by Del Monte for Del Monte. It's grown for higher natural sugar content, for extra thin-skinned kernels, too. Surely you've never known sweeter sweet corn, and those kernels are tender as butter. If you prefer cream style, then don't, please don't miss Del Monte cream style corn. Smooth, thick, rich in kernels, it's immensely satisfying. Both styles are great favorites with us, Larry, but that's only natural. They both have that same grand Del Monte flavor. For summer corn at its finest and its easiest, friends insist on Del Monte corn. 
whole kernel or cream style. It's well worth your while. Back now to Rocky Jordan for the conclusion of tonight's story. Wade forced me to close the trunk lid carefully over Mrs. Wade's lifeless body. Then I turned around and faced the muzzle of his gun. It quivered a little too much. I don't like to kill, but when it's necessary, Jordan... You're forgetting your real problem, Wade. Marsha Palmer. Where is she? Not too far off. Oh, then you know. Where is she, then? What did she tell you, Jordan? It wasn't Marsha who told it. About a big oil promotion all set up for you and Carol. Was your wife's money going to swing it, Wade? You need never know. Only I'll bet the crooked deal was all news to your wife. When she found out about it, a big quarrel started. When she threatened to queer everything by taking it to the police, you had to kill her. Then you were afraid Marsha had heard it all from the next cabin. The walls are thin. I heard her sobbing. Sure. So you stayed close to Marsha the next day. Tried to kill her by shoving her in front of a taxi. But she escaped that. I'm asking you where she is now. Later, you saw her get into that cab outside the tambourine. You found the cab again before I did. The driver refused to tell you where Marsha was. You feared what Marsha might have told him, so you killed him too. Are you quite finished now? Eh, except for one thing. Your big mistake. So? Marsha Palmer didn't know anything. She didn't know you'd kill your wife at all. You're trying to kid me, Jordan? Ah, you kidded yourself. You and your guilt-gutted conscience. Then how did you know? How would anybody know, including the police? Yeah, suppose they're swarming this ship right now. You're... you're lying. You must be. It was all I'd waited for, that second of uncertainty. Then my hand slapped the barrel of the gun, sending the shot wild. My other fist caught him flat in the mouth, snapping his head back as he went down. And all that was left was for Sam to come and take him away. I made it for breakfast with Marsha right on time. That afternoon, we did the native shops and bazaars. Later, I showed her the Citadel by moonlight. Finally, Marsha and I sat at a table of my tambourine over coffee. Rocky, my boat sails in the morning. Yeah. Too bad you couldn't stay a while longer. Yes. It's been wonderful. In spite of the unknown danger. In spite of the horrible tension. Oh, Marsha, in Cairo, there's always the in spite of. I don't quite understand. Girl living in Cairo, around here, close to the native quarter, see too much of danger. Is that the way a man asks a girl to stay? No, don't answer. You don't need to. And you won't be coming back to the States, I suppose. Oh, no plans. Well, here you are, Miss Palmer. Here you are indeed. I might have known. Oh. Yes, Miss Courtright, here I am. Well, the party's ready. Come now. We've had enough of this dilly-dallying. Yes, Rocky. I suppose we have had enough of this... this... Sure. Goodbye, Marsha. Oh. Goodbye, Rocky. Well, Jordan? Hmm? Oh, hello, Sam. Miss Palmer is a most fortunate girl. Yeah? Why? Well, after all, it is not every girl who gets the benefit of your personal Cairo tour. <laughs> 
superb flavor. For dependable quality, always enjoy Del Monte fruits and vegetables. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. The brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Rocky Jordan, written tonight by Gomer Cool from a story by William Frug, stars Jack Boyles in the title role with Jay Novello as Sam Sabaya, and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell, with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arant. Remember, you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is The Money Changers. Have you tried Del Monte pineapple chunks? They're different, they're delightful. Juicy, bite-sized pieces of superb tropic fruit, cooling and refreshing. Ask your grocer for chunks. Del Monte pineapple chunks. Ask him tomorrow. Bob Stevenson speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> 